Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Oh, goodness, thank goodness the announcer man uh, kept going because about 15 seconds earlier you would have heard a loud giant sneeze by myself as we battle hay fever here. Over two years doing the show, I still haven't figured out. David, is there actually a cough or sneeze button in this particular studio? There is not. Well, good. I'm glad I haven't missed it. That I haven't missed anything in the last two years. Welcome, everybody. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. Big dog and a coach with you up until 11 o'clock. Baseball and football front and center and obituary today as well. Little sports guys talk politics. We'll throw that in there. A little bit of music, and then we will uh, kick off from the 25-yard line Thursday, September 27th. Thank you very much, David Olson, producer extraordinaire, other side of the window, pain, or occasionally we call him the pain on the other side of the window, big dog, Joel Radwanski joining me, Sox lose last night, they're a game out of first place, and by the way, big dog, we did not, uh, Tuesday we sort of remembered, but yesterday we forgot to wish everybody, I don't even know if it's proper terminology, a happy Yom Kippur, but it was the day of atonement yesterday, big dog, I know you are not Jewish, but... You are a man who, uh, you've got a little bit of atoning to do. Did you spend any atonement time yesterday? I don't have any atoning to do. All that stuff has been accomplished in my life. Wow. You I, have... I went through all the atoning I need to do. I'm not going to do any toning for a long time. You don't have any ABU? Atonement backup? No, I don't. <laughs> well, you got to make up. That go. I, I did the whole my name is Earl thing and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and searched for forgiveness uh, from all the people I need to forgive this book. Excellent, excellent. Have you ever done, I know you've, you've had a storied career, the ups and the downs, the all-arounds. Have you ever done any kind of group or individual counseling? And if so, no, was I, it helpful? I've never, done, I've never done any of that individual or group counseling. No, I have not. You have not. Have you ever considered? Has it been recommended to you? Was it ever court-ordered? <laughs> I'm I'm pretty uh, emotionally stable, Coach. No. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding you, Big Dog. But it was, uh, we do wish a happy, uh, is that the proper term, a happy Yom Kippur, Big Dog? I don't think that's the right salutation. Of the two of us, your name is Cone. <laughs> I'd like to ask you, you got better, you have more entertaining answers to this, though. Uh, Quite honest with you, I was, I was surprised on Tuesday when I'm like, why the hell... Are uh, are the White Sox playing a Tuesday afternoon uh-huh. game when they're playing the Indians the next day? It makes no sense. Yep. You know what I mean? That's always a night game. Yep. And somebody just blankly walked past me and said Yom Kippur as they were walking by. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then, then I realized, I'm like, mm-hmm. are the White Sox the only baseball team owned by a Jew? <laughs> and the answer to that was? No, so that's not, I was just surprised. Jerry Reinsdorf, that's cool, and and then uh, 
I did a little investigation into it, and Jerry Reinsdorf and the White Sox have done this the last couple of years. This mm-hmm. is not like this something this year. They they try to at least get you to bed early the night before Yom Kippur. It's a nice touch. It's mm-hmm. a nice touch, no question about it. I, I uh, eh, Maybe I go over there once every two months for a lunch. Uh, went over to Max and Benny's, totally oblivious. Yes, my last name is Cone. Totally oblivious at that moment when I was hungry that, that it was Yom Kippur yesterday. So I walk into Max and Benny's Deli, a popular place in Northbrook, Big Dog, and they it looked like um, a driver's license facility when everybody in the world had turned 16. I mean, the place was packed, but there were brown bags all over. A pretty big restaurant, too. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? And then they looked at me like, uh, sir, today's Yom Kippur. The restaurant is closed. Apparently, everybody was coming to pick up their uh, dinner. For the night, because there were there were various sized brown bags throughout the restaurant, but they looked at me like I was completely. Um, I think they had a good laugh when I left. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, no doubt. Not Especially a, you know when they got all these Mexicans in backs making the Yom Kippur dinner yes. for for everybody on the North Shore. Yeah. How do you They'll pack up the it. matzo ball? Awfully good matzo ball soup, by the way, at Max and Benny's. But uh, I don't know soup to go. Does not travel well, big dog. At least when I drive. Oh, you're right. To anybody who's like, yeah, you know, legitimately, when I hear people, oh, I'm going out to, I can take a watch. Oh, I will have the soup. Oh, well, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm on a bike, okay. <laughs> oh goodness, big dog. Great That's to talk to you, my friend. Great to talk to. You. We got lots of sports to cover. We do have a uh, obituary of the day. We have uh, a little discussion we didn't get to yesterday on the drug war. Uh, an angle that I want to throw out at you, but uh, first week we got to tip it off. We are in the middle of a pennant race, and they're down to the final five or six days. So let's start off with White Sox baseball. Baseball fans out there, you want to check in, dog, and the coach right here for you at eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Dog, uh, the night started out well. White Sox up three one in the first inning. Tigers down four to one. If you're a scoreboard watcher, and we all are at this point of the season, uh, things were looking good. But as we all know at this point, uh, the night did not end well for the beloved White Sox. And Nate Jones ends up letting up a couple runs. Matt Thornton goes Matt Thornton earlier in this season. And he had a nice little two-month stretch. So let's like, jump on Matt Thornton. Uh, I'm I'm punching him out and telling him to All move. Right. Yeah, the, the big dog cell phone. We'll see if we can get him to call back. It was coming in and out, in and out, sort of like the White Sox pitching yesterday. That was the big dog cell phone. In and out, 12 walks, I believe, were the final count, folks. 12 walks. But, uh, dog, let's see if we got you back. We had a little in and out on the cell phone. Is this better now? Much better. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sure what I did. I moved around a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I made the I'm comment. I'm my left leg up in the air. I don't know how much longer I can stand like this, Coach. There wasn't a tree anywhere nearby, was there? No, there was a, a fire hydrant. I always <laughs> I always get worried because I, I know one of your mottos is when it's time, it's time. More gotta ways go, gotta go. All right, you were talking about the, uh, the, the lack of control from our bullpen, Nate Jones, Matt Thornton in particular. Twelve walks total, Big Doug, in one game. Oh, are you serious Twelve. the pitching staff? It's not good. That is, that's horrible. Yep. I mean, you're going to have bad games, and you can say, you know, you have five or six walk games, and you're like, we can't do that again for a month. You have a 12-walk game? You shouldn't do that for a decade, Coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, a 12-walk game is just 
inexcusable in, on the major league level. I'm almost afraid of the answer to this question. We've all seen hitters that start to press a little bit, squeeze the bat too tight, feel the pressure. Do you think the White Sox pitchers, especially the young ones, are starting to feel the pressure of the pennant run? You brought up young, and that was going to be my point. The whole was back too stupid to realize how important the games were they were pitching in. So now all of a sudden they're smart enough to realize how the game is pitching in. The major leagues, well, I guess they've been here long enough to realize that there's a lot of media scrutiny, especially in the in America's third largest media market, that uh, every, they, people hang on every pitch, especially in, uh, in a pennant race. I refereed a softball team this summer called Media Scrutiny, by the way. We lost them. The dog cell phone coming. Uh, hey, you're fighting here, big dog. We're fighting. Try it one more time. Down goes the big dog. We'll t- give him maybe a momentary break there, uh, David Olson. We'll, tr- we'll try him back. Big dog on a uh, tough cell phone connection right now. Our phone lines are open. Hopefully it's not technocratic situation over here. 888-463-6748. Dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Indians knock off the White Sox late 6-4. to four. Detroit Tigers beat Kansas City 4-1. to one. The White Sox have led. I don't know. Big dog will try it again, but they've led the division for... How many days this season, and uh, at this point, finally, the lead had been relinquished. Detroit, your new leader. I have to look it up. It's like the Sox have been on top for like 132 days or something. Mm-hmm. 133. Is it 133? Yeah. yeah, and we do have to remember. Oh, no, I'm repeating it. We do have to remember this is a White Sox team that a lot of us thought were going to finish in third or fourth place. But that's not what, it, what the Sox fans want to hear right now. Yes, we've been a surprising team, but... You do want to finish the fight. By the way, I will be at the game tonight, David O. I will be at the game uh, thanks to Glenview Sam. And Glenview John got tickets September 27th. I think we, they were given to us like back in May. You know, and who knows what kind of game, you know, and I thought, well, you know, maybe who's going to want to go to that game if the Sox are out of it. It's going to be a cold night. Who would have thunk it that it's going to be a, a great ball game, not only for the White Sox and their contention, but the team that they're playing is not just playing for mince marbles either. The Tampa Bay Rays won yesterday. There's right smack in the middle of the wild card hunt, too, so it's a big game and a great pitching matchup. Great pitching matchup. Jamie Shields, he of 15 victories taken on. Jake Peavy of the White Sox, tremendous pitching matchup, so that game should be excellent. Looking forward to it, and um, we'll see. I'll try to bring home a victory. 7-10, the tip-off. I can't promise that we're going to uh, bring home the victory, but we will do the best that we can. White Sox have now lost seven out of eight. Not good. Seven out of eight. Detroit Tigers uh, win the ball game. One of the keys to the victory, by the way, I believe a home run by the kid who might have rooted for the White Sox growing up. I don't know. I haven't heard Jason Kipnis, the youngster from Glenbrook North High School, Chicago kid, but he might very well have been a White Sox fan growing up and now as a Cleveland Indian, he's helping to defeat the Chicago White Sox. It's not good. Jason, if you're listening, any member of the Kipnis family, don't do that. Beat up on anybody else, but don't beat up on our White Sox. And feel free to beat up on the Detroit Tigers anytime you want. Uh, 888-463-6748. Phone lines are open. Talk a little baseball to open up the show. David, we should mention our obituary of the day, uh, Andy Williams. Too much to call him a legend? I think that's a 
At least for, for the older for, clientele. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah for, for a certain demographic. Yeah. yeah, you could absolutely call him a legend. Yeah. Is, is that certain demographic, what percent of that certain demographic is still with us? <laughs> Not too many. <laughs> but uh, Andy Williams passing away at the age of 84. I caught the tail end of the A. Williams career. Um, I guess the most famous song would be Moon River. Maybe. And he had announced publicly. A Moon River. The most wonderful time of the year, big Christmas standard. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, and then he had one more. Mm-hmm. Now, what I did not know, David Olson, this was interesting, reading the biography a little bit on A. Williams, Andy Williams. What I did not know is he was married to Claudine Longette, Longette. Remember that controversy? I don't. I don't even know who that is. She was the one who was accused of shooting the the famous skier. She was married to the world champion skier. Okay, and this was this was back in your time. It might it might ring a bell, but it was a big story at the time. If if hey, it was what the, exactly do you think my time is? This was not that long ago, I don't think. God, am I that old where Claudine Lagette is out is beyond your time? I mean if it would have been in the day and age of Facebook and Twitter and YouTube it would have been out of control, but she—I I didn't realize that she was um, married to Andy Williams for many, many years. They had kids together. Then she remarried and apparently married an Olympic or world champion skier. I'm forgetting the guy now. Uh, forgetting the guy's name right now, but it was a famous case, and there was a whole court trial. Whether she said she accidentally shot him, that the gun went off accidentally. And I think she was a model or she was famous. I didn't realize she was Andy Williams' ex-wife. Anyhow, as a little sidelight. Thank you very much. Our obituary of the day. It's been a bad month, month of September for obituaries, quite frankly. When I say bad, there hasn't been many. How many famous deaths? Sometimes we run into streaks where we get an obituary of the day. Hasn't happened this particular month. Hopefully October will be a little bit better. <laughs> Yes, sir. I, I had to look that this all up. It was technically in my time, but I was four when this four. all happened. So yeah. you were not that boy. Yeah, this was, yeah, wow. this was in 1976. That's so. unbelievable. I thought it was a lot more recent than that. I apologize. Claudine Langevin. What was this famous skier's name? Gustavo or something like that? Gunther. Vladimir Spider Sebich. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. The phone number, big dog. Hopefully get a check back in on the phone lines here. Coach flying solo right now. You want to play the part of the co-pilot, feel free to do so. Again, White Sox losing yesterday by the score of five to uh, six to four. Cleveland knocking them off six to four. Scored three runs in the first inning. Tough, tough loss. Detroit knocking off Kansas City. I think I said four to one earlier. They were up four to one. They were leading four to one and then came back to win the game five to four. By the way, McGraw Cabrera in the triple crown hunt. Oh for four. Oh for four, but uh, apparently, and I did not see the replay, he hit one to the fence. It might have gone over. Great catch by the outfielder. So Cabrera in his battle for the triple crown shot down yesterday, but he came awfully close. All right, let's try one more time. Checking in on line number 16. Not one more time. It's not big dog. But as our good friend Pickskin Boy, our football fan, checking in. Pickskin, how are you? A football fanatic, folks. It's a great day. All is well as well with the NFL now. We can take our collective side and uh, get back to normal. 
Uh, before you go any further, uh, Pigskin, are you calling from a tunnel or what? Uh, it sounds like you're you're from the echoes from from down below. Actually, I was in I was in the parking area, which is ah, down below. I was wor- below. I was worried we were going to hear a flushing sound coming up, and I just wanted to make sure that you know we don't have a lot of quality standards on this show, Pigskin. But I wanted to at least keep it at a certain level. All right. Speaking of flushing sounds. <laughs> uh, Pigskin, we've been having trouble all morning long with uh, with the cell phone connection with the big dog. We're going to test right now and see if we've got him back. Joel Redwanski, is that you, and is it the real you? Please state your name, please. Well, I, I, it's the real me. Is this there? <laughs> How are you, uh, big dog? Is this, is, I, I'm doing all right. Is this better? So far, it's better. Say hi to Pigskin, boy. He just called in. What's up, Pigskin? And what up, dog? I haven't heard your, your statement in a couple of days. Hopefully, you don't have anything that gets me irritable and, and upset. Hopefully, you, <laughs> you're on your game today. <laughs> uh, I like threatening the callers. That's a nice thing. Yeah. Well, basically, Pigskin, after talking to you yesterday, if anyone's going to get you irritable, it's going to be me, not Joel, right? Oh, I think so. I talked to the I talked to like the ghost of Coach Cohn. I don't know who that was. Some some irrational guy apparently has your phone number, Coach. I don't I don't know who that was, but hopefully he's you know mm-hmm. gone for good. I think we lost uh, the big dog again. He's really struggling with the cell phone pigskin. But uh, first of all, we'll transfer in from a little baseball talk here. We'll get back to baseball. Baseball fan, not to worry. But we are uh, talking to our football outsider here, pigskin boy. Talk a little Bears, Dallas Cowboys coming up Monday night. Now the referee strike, uh, pigskin before. We get into what you are referring to. The listeners, of course, have no idea what you're referring to. But the NFL referee strike, is it official? And who will be refing this weekend's games? Well, it isn't official because it still has to be ratified. You know, obviously, just because they come to a settlement doesn't mean it's automatically um, back to work. I think it's just a matter, you know, like any other operation, you actually have to get the vote of the union. So, you know, I don't know how fast they can do that. I imagine with technology they could do it pretty fast. So officially, no, it's not over, but officially it's over if you get my non-drift. All right. Uh, working, they will be working tonight, uh, Ravens and uh, Browns game. So that's about as fast as you can get it. Some people thought that Wait, they the, re- the regular refs are working tonight? Yes. Wow. Yeah, they're working tonight. They don't want to, and I know we we argued in good nature, Coach, but uh, that Monday night game was a tipping point, and I knew it would be. And um, besides, what really hurt them was Monday night is the largest, I think even more than the dancing shows, the largest <laughs> audience in America watches uh-huh. uh, Monday night football. So you had people who may not normally watch the NFL watching, casual fans, and the fact that in your highlight game of the week, you had that debacle, debacle, really, I think, was the impetus. They didn't want another Monday night tonight or next Sunday. Mm-hmm. They were talking about maybe giving the refs a week to get going. But that was so bad for the NFL, I think. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. I would argue starting tonight, by the way, um, Starting tonight, and Big Dog, if you're with us, you can comment on this too. I would argue there is a fair amount of pressure on the regular referees now because everybody's been talking about, oh, I can't wait until we get the regular refs back, forgetting the fact that we used to lambast them to at least some extent 
uh, when they were the only refs we knew. Uh, you know, the heart grows fonder when you're away. But there's going to be some there's, there's going to be some pressure, big dog, on the refs coming back now because if they mess up, it's going to look doubly as bad. No, no, you're right. And, and let's take this for for a little little statement. We all heard the saying, "Hey, well, these replacement refs, they're going to have to get used to the speed of the game." They've never officiated sport like this. But yes, the guys that are coming back, the regular refs, the regular officials, have uh, all the games at this speed. But they haven't in nine months. What's going to happen when they're out there like, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. hold on a second, this is, you know, this is fast. They go through preseason games also, don't forget. And they also make stupid the first and second uh, preseason game because nine that some you have to get shaken up and put back in wonder a couple times before you're, you're there are going to be mistakes, coach. There's question that there's going to be mistakes this week, and we're going to be like, really, that's what we're waiting for, and that's the story. That the NFL has made this such a debacle. Mm-hmm. Still battling on the cell phone a bit. Yeah. Still battling a little bit. Pigskin. Um, if they've been training, what do you think? Like watching Madden, whatever it is, the Madden 2012 game, and. Virtual reality. What, what kind of training could the referees have been doing while they're sitting out? Well, I think on Sundays across the street from me, they play like four levels of like Pop Warner football. Uh-huh. I think they were doing those games, and just told the twelve and thirteen year olds to play a lot faster, <laughs> which is good all around. That's the strategy, huh? But Joel, but Joel, forget about the forget about missed calls, whatever. It's management of the game. Yes. Where to put the ball? The games last year hour averaged three hours and six minutes. This year they're over three and a half hours long. That's significantly more. Plus we're in good weather, so what happens? You know when it gets cold. But it's just game management, moving the game along, picking up the pace, smooth transitions, and you could see the incredible, incredible lack of respect the players and the coaches were having. Grabbing refs, pushing refs, guys, guys taking cheap shots. You know, when Greg Jennings got hit, because they know either the referees won't call it or they're too intimidated to call it. So it's just game management, things you don't normally see. Forget about the blown calls. That happens at every level. But yeah, yeah I totally agree with you. You hit the nail right on the head. So the game management was the worst part of it, especially when you have on, the, on Mike Tirico, two days in a row, upset about it, and then having blatant issues happen. You get Mike Tirico a microphone and have him explain, we're worried about game management by the by the officials in this game. And then you have like two of the worst officiated games ever, and Mike Tirico gets to spout off about it for three and a half hours. Exactly what the NFL did not want. Well, uh, it's exactly what want. we're talking about, Pigskin, a whole audience of people, their biggest game. You know, that's... that's it was about as bad as they could have ever hoped for. And now they're going to have officials who haven't officiated in, in nine months. And, Pinkin, you were joking about the Pop Warner thing. How in shape are these guys? What's going to have to happen when the side judge and the field judge have to sprint 25 times down the field in order to chase uh, deep routes that are going to happen with both teams, you know, how many times during a game? They're going to be exhausted. There now is a very suspicious... YouTube uh, video out right now, Big Doug. And, you know, with Photoshop, you can't be sure. But someone has a picture up with a slight love handle on the left side of referee Jim Hockley. 
Well, luckily it's Jim Hockley because if it was Ed Hockley, oh, Ed Hockley. I'd be really worried. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ed Hockley. But, uh, again, that love handle might have been superimposed. But, but Pigskin, the question to you is, what kind of physical shape are these guys? One of the one of the things the the, the victories will have it for the NFL was is they now have a taxi squad of officials, younger up and coming guys that won't necessarily be on the games, but they will be able to have a taxi squad of officials. And if there are some older guys who have lost it a little bit, one of the things that they bargained for was is that he can be removed from the game for, I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe a game, and this taxi squad of younger officials can take their place. So one of the things that, that the union gave up was, you know, saying, listen, I don't care if the guy's 108 years old. You can't you can't fire him. You can't remove him. Sounds sound just and, like the Chicago public school teachers. That was one of the sticking points with them, all kidding aside. Right? It was, but that, that's one of the concessions they got. Yeah. Well, that, that's, a, that, that's a concession that I think, Big Dog, works for the betterment of uh, players, coaches, fans, and everybody. I don't know how many people except union members argue that the seniority system without provocation to evaluation is a good system. No, no, just let's just let's just get the represent the representation straight on both sides. The referees were you're also gonna pull up pension. Did we lose the dog? Pigskin, Did you I think. Hear what I said, Coach? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, say it again, because it broke up. Um, they were trying. They were messing with their pension too. So not yes. only were they forcing people to early retirement, yes. they were going to get less money than they were in the first place. So yep. basically, they're like, if you're going to fire me early, why are you going to pull my pension? I'm not mm-hmm. going to agree to both of these. Yep. So that was the major issue, and I, and I don't blame them. If you think about it, if, they're, if you're going to face more scrutiny, which is fine. If I'm in a competitive type. Uh, uh, occupation like being a referee because only the best get to go on, then I have no problem saying I have to be held to certain standards, but then don't pull my pension at the same time. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and that, that also is similar to the, the teacher's strike, but uh, before fully agreeing to it, I'd have to see what the pension agreement is because as we all have seen now, one of the problems here in the fine state of Illinois that we're so damn bankrupt is because some of these pension programs have gotten way out of control. So I'd have to, before completely agreeing with you, Doug, I would have to see what the pension plan is, how much are these guys getting. But in spirit and in theory, yes, you're correct. Yeah, the officials don't get much, Coach. Nor do NFL players, believe it or not. Okay. So uh, the the brand new, anybody forward, they get a 401K and that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Pigskin, are you drawing a 401k at this point? Uh, not unless you're paying it. Are you drawing anything besides uh, pictures of uh, females that have partial, par- partially clothed females? Are you drawing anything? No, I'm drawing a blank. That's <laughs> that's actually better than the latter. Uh, all right, so the referee's back in action tonight. And again, as Pigskin said, it's not officially settled. But it appears it will be, so I'm assuming Sunday. And for the Monday Bear Dallas game, 98% chance we'll have the regular guys back, Big? Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be 100%. They cannot allow what happened Monday night to ever happen again. Your your biggest game of the week, your highlight game of the week, mm-hmm. nobody was talking about a pretty interesting game, actually. 
very entertaining. They're talking about blown calls. And I knew this was going to get bad, and I was just wondering, number one, before somebody was seriously hurt, or the outcome of the game would be directly decided by an official. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens, what, in week three. And the, the NFL is, 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 you know, if you're going to come out and say it's all about the player's safety, yada, 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 then you got to back it up. You can't be, and then, and then the idea of sending out memos and emails to players and coaches saying, yeah. don't criticize the officials. You're now, here's. Things. You're, you're doing the integrity of the game. Are, are you kidding? Here's Big Dog, where me and me, we alluded to it earlier, and callers, feel free to hop in here. we got a triumvirate going on. We'd be happy to make it a quadrumvirate. Not sure if that's an actual word, but you want to be the fourth man in, we're happy to have you. Or fourth woman, Cindy, uh, Cinemax Cindy, if you're listening. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Me and Pixkin almost got into it off air, Big Dog. He was vehemently upset with me. I'm still not quite sure, but one of the topics was... As he alluded to the email to the coaches, I thought that was a smart move by the NFL. You send the note to the coaches, hey, guys, we understand the replacement rep, but you have to hold a certain level of decorum. You can't be lambasting these guys and embarrass the NFL. I thought the email was justified. Pigskin was stunned, I believe was his words. He said it like ten times. Your thoughts, Mr. Redwanski? Uh, don't forget, everyone, don't, don't forget the connection here. The coaches are directly related to the owners of those particular franchises. We know it. Owners come down and talk to these coaches. They uh, build a relationship with them, whether positive or negative or just uh, a representation for the city. There is always a relationship between the owner and the coach. Well, the owners are the ones that control Roger Goodell. He's the puppet, okay? Roger Goodell can look all stern and and uh, as, as strong as possible, but now he looks like an idiot after this uh, what has happened the first three games of the NFL season. But it was the owners that decided not to throw in the extra $100,000 each in order to, uh, a year in order to figure out the, the pension mess that's going on with the officials. So that's just something to consider. When the NFL writes to the coaches, you know what, don't make these guys look like idiots on the sidelines. Well, they shouldn't. They work for the owner, and the owners have decided to put these replacement officials out there so I have nothing against Belichick, uh, like grabbing the dude's arm. And I have no problem with Bill Belichick getting fined $50,000 for it either. Mm-hmm. Okay, because he did not grab him in any sort but I'm, of like... I'm like, still confused. Like, I'm superior to you and you better stop. He was more like, hey, hey, I'm trying to get his attention. And when the guy pulled away, he just stopped. He didn't chase him one yeah, more second. It's it's not, like, all right, whatever. I don't but know no, if I... I'm not defending Belichick. My point is... Belichick should know better, and Belichick should have let the guy go because it was his boss, direct boss, Robert Kraft, that let replacement officials on the field. So help me out again. I'm a little confused. The email from the league office, justified or not? Well, it's kind of hypocritical. Send it to the players, yes. Don't If you send it to the... No, it was... The wink, wink. You know, it's like it's just another way for the NFL to try to save face when it's a bunch of garbage. Because there is a relationship between the owners and the coaches. Okay, the coaches report to the player, to the owner, and that's pretty much it. Even the general manager, they tell to go Mm -hmm. after themselves. They never say that to the owner. There's always a relationship there, Coach, on all 32 teams. Pigskin, you you thought that was the worst thing in the world. I I, I think hypocritical is a good word for it. The the team is there. That's all I'm saying, Coach. It's not... 
It, in reality, it was this BS is what I'm trying to tell you. It was 100% uh, the NFL trying to look good, but hey, we are going to try to protect the integrity of the game by making sure our officials uh, can officiate games without uh, people treating them like yeah, you know, that, horrible as they, as they learn that to me makes, the NFL. That makes That's perfect sense to me. Yeah, but see, Coach, you don't understand. You also believe politicians are good people, okay? You don't understand that the NFL is seeing this as a whole PR nightmare. They don't look at this as, let's just do things right. They look at it as, let's do things right, and we have to do it in a way that makes us look good, okay? And we have to save money because we're talking about a billion-dollar-a-year business. I don't know. I think you're, uh, you've are you been reading too many. And I, what you're well, saying, well, what well, you and well, Pigskin well, are saying. Do the math. One I one understand one. what you're saying. The and, there's... and the NFL are the same exact group. Do you see what I'm getting at? I do, and, and I understand, and there's some justification to what you're saying. I also think you and uh, Pigskin have been reading too many uh, conspiracy novels, and you're reading too much into it. It was strictly, and in my opinion, a needed, a needed email slash reminder to the coaches, hey, guys, we're battling with replacement referees right now. Let's do the best we can. But you as the coach are the leader out there. You have to give them some level of respect. Okay. Keep calm. Keep your decorum. I think it was a, uh, not as simple. That Maybe it was a little bit more to it, but the basic yeah. behind the and email, also, I would have set the same thing out. I think it was justified. And also, that it was sent, it was needed, and we'll, we'll just say that it was the right thing to do. All okay. Right well, now, uh, Pigskin, what else? Is what was going to ask them why it leaked to the press. This is what we did. We sent out an edict. Oh, did you? Why don't you just, if you really, why don't you it? And then the next week when everyone's like, hey, the bitches aren't yelling at the officials, or maybe the, maybe they're going to, okay? Stanislaw blew that because they had to try to look like we're doing the right thing. And the coaches and players don't see this. What to? Okay, if you would have made it low key and no one knows about it, then you make a difference to the perception of everybody mm-hmm. watching it. All right, Pigskill, what else were you uh, vehemently upset with me yesterday? The fact that I that I did not consider the replacement refs as horrible as everybody else? Yeah, I just I was just stunned that you were so flippant about oh, you know, if they come back, they come back. It's still it's still okay. It wasn't okay, coach. I just thought I thought you'd be a lot more outraged being a football fanatic like we all are mm-hmm. and seeing how the game was changing before our eyes for the worse. Yeah. I, I just wouldn't give I don't have anything personal. They did the best they could, but it wasn't good. It wasn't, you know, you can, even guys on the ESPN were saying, mm-hmm. you know, they did the best they could, but it stunk. And I just thought being a real, real fanatic of the game as you are, that you would be more of a outrage. Yeah. That's all. Just, I, hey. I, I, I just really saw the sport I love really going downhill fast. Mm-hmm. I see. I I, I don't agree with that. I thought it was too much of an exaggeration. I what I told Pigskin and what I will stand by is I don't think it was ruining the games. They weren't good. They were doing their best. They were better than people were saying. It's a pretty tough job to come in there from refereeing whatever level they were to all of a sudden step in and be in front of millions of people and hundred you know fifty sixty seventy eighty thousand right there in the stadium and have to referee a game. That's a lot of pressure. I don't 
think they were quite as bad as people were saying. And for me, it wasn't ruining the game. It was not good. Regular refs better. Game management, you're exactly correct, but I don't think it was as drastic as the two of you are putting It'll never ruin it for you because you watch the game on tape delay. You sit down and, and yeah, you watch it true. and start getting again, and you fast forward. That is Someone true. Someone like me who doesn't live with a, a girl with a television, okay, and then has to, like, get very sparingly times to even get to watch football, and then I have to sit there for six minutes at a time to watch these guys figure out mm-hmm. uh, if uh, – Somebody move before a snap. That's and a good point. Now, where do we spot the ball and how much time do we need to put back on the clock? I yep. mean, it, okay, so it's a little different. Yeah, it's a good we, point. When Pitkin and I are, like, I get so many times a year to get to watch a, a Bears game, and, and, during, and it's not even all of them because I work my butt off. And all of a sudden I get to, I get to watch the first half of the game, but have to go to work at 2.30, mm-hmm. but I have to miss at probably 15 minutes or like 20 plays of football because I was sitting there watching some referees distinguish, you know, uh, it's just this, this horrible coach. Yep, right? yep. Now you got to figure out there's other, there's some people that, that work on Sundays and a little bit of Bears football mm-hmm. we get. We don't want to watch a good point. Up. It's a good point. And the uh, taping the games definitely in game management. Hey, I agree with you completely, Pigskin. That... And I can't wait. Yeah, the old cell phones coming in and out. Uh, but I, I, Pigskin, I agree with you. The game management was the biggest problem. And let us not forget, we, we had prob- maybe not major problems, but there were already issues with the regular referees of the delay and the time and the replay. So let us not forget there were already problems, but clearly under the replacement refs, those game management delays were even worse. Yeah, I mean, 24 penalties a game, Coach. Imagine... Uh, if you were coaching a basketball game and the referees were blowing the whistle every time down the court. Mm-hmm. And you've kind of seen that in basketball. There's no flow to the game if it stops every five seconds. Yeah, yet, on the other hand, people are complaining at the replacement run. This is a little bit of what I'm talking about. Well, they weren't calling it. They didn't call enough stuff. And I'm saying, no, especially the first two weeks, they called too much. So... People are complaining on both sides. They're calling personal foul penalties, coach. Well, you're right. That's the crazy thing. That's like that's the thing that we worry about is when Matt Schaub's getting a helmet helmet hit, hit, his part of his ear is ripped off, and nobody calls a a foul on that play. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're right. Hit the head. I don't know how many times by the Broncos on uh Sunday, and there was one. What do you call roughing the quarterback? No, there were two. They were right in a row. They called two in a row, but there were previous many other ones. Yep. So. Pass, early on, the first two weeks, pass interference, they were calling, like, everything. And then I think they started loosening up on that. But you're right, the personal fouls they were missing. And a lot of times they would catch the second guy. And yes. Gabe, ask, Gabe ask, Carini uh, will speak to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so hopefully we got the referees back in the stead, Pigskin, and uh, we got Bears-Cowboys coming up Monday night. Any games on Sunday that uh, particularly enthrall you? Um, I have to look at the schedule. Monday night, week week night on the road game that the Bears play in, and you guys can look it up. Uh, not so good. It's horrible. The Bears, on the, the Bears are on the road at night in a prime time game. I don't even want to guess what their record is. It's it probably the percentage. Joe, Joe, that's terrible in those games. I mean, really, kind of think of, of a time when they played in that situation where you went afterwards and went, wow, what a performance by Top Airs. It's always Please. disappointing. 
in prime time, well, Detroit or San Francisco, which they got to do later. Uh, Cleveland, I remember a game in Cleveland was the worst game ever in the history of Chicago <laughs> Bears. It, it, yeah, they lost the game and and I Butler missed two extra points. That's no. Kevin Butler an extra point. He missed two against Denver. Well, let me ask you, Big Dog and Pigskin, outside of coincidence, and, uh, and and Joel, you've done a nice job of bringing up the fact Jake Cutler with his diabetes that might affect his performances at nighttime, which would be a recent case. Outside of those two things, is there any explanation for the Bears' dismal performance night games on the road national TV? Wow, I mean, think about how many, there's only been a handful of coaches, and all of them face, like, it happened to Wanstead, definitely happened to Dick, oh my goodness, Dick got pantsed on Monday night, I don't know how many times. <laughs> yeah. And when you pants Dick, you got to look at that ugly hip. <laughs> <laughs> there has been a lot. Pigskin, uh, just sheer coincidence that we've laid a lot of eggs at night games and national? We lost Pigskin? Um, well, oh. this, this goes back like three or four coaches. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's, 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 that's even the dicker. That's, that's why, like, lobby. I don't. Go ahead, Pig. Uh, no, it's not just love you. This, this, this spans generations of disappointment. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I, I just, I maybe, I mean, I can remember playing at home. I remember them beating up the Cowboys after the Cowboys won the Super Bowl at Soldier Field and just knocking Emmett Smith out of the game on a Monday night, and they just look terrific. But that just doesn't translate to the road. I, I don't know. I just I, I can't say. I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, well. At home on Monday night, like against the world, the, the, the Super Bowl champion Giants, against the Super Bowl champion 49ers. I, I mean, you name it, a bunch of great wins at home. And I, I remember that 96 game. Deion Sanders played wide receiver for the Cowboys and had like nine or 11 catches, and he played both ways. And Emma Smith almost broke his neck, jumped over Nate Newton for some reason in the middle of the field, if you remember. I do not remember. That was, but, that was, that was, that's still a missed by the rest. Like, waited like a half hour to get him <laughs> off the field. That was, that was one of the craziest moments in, in Right. Never mind. Well, we haven't we haven't come up with any uh, scientific conclusions, so for lack of a better alternative, it's coincidence. But I think all three of us agree that the Bears have uh, more often than not led some bad eggs. I mean, not just bad games, really, really bad games on national TV. Let's hope Monday night taking on the Cowboys it won't be the case. A lot of similarities though, because Dallas two and one, Bears two and one haven't played their best yet. Kind of up and down quarterback play has been inconsistent. Um, you know, both teams have kind of lived by their defense early on, so there are some similarities, Pigskin, the, uh, the first three weeks anyway. We're still early in the season. Yeah, there's some similarities. One thing to watch is, um, uh, probably Clay Matthews' kid is the best rusher of the quarterback in the NFL, and Demarcus Ware, who plays just like, uh, Clay Matthews for the, for Dallas, They'll move up and down the line. They'll find the weak tackle and put them over them. So uh, they will have to design a game plan to keep Marcus Demarcus Ware from knocking Cutler silly. Not a problem at all. Jamarcus Webb will take care of Demarcus Ware. And if he goes to the other side, Gabe Carini with an assist from Lance Lewis will take care of him. Next question, please. 
I love your optimism, Coach. Yeah. Well, look at the bright side. We've had how many days to prepare for the game? Thursday, we played a what? A Thursday night game? Right? Oh, we, we played we played the Rams on Sunday. Oh, that's right. So they do have extra days uh-huh. um, to prepare. All right. I think we lost the uh, the big dog. Pigskin joining us here to talk a little bear football. Bears taking on Dallas on Monday. Let me uh, quickly run down, and then I do want to finish up with some White Sox talk. But uh, some of the games coming up this weekend, Big Dog Sandy uh, Pigskin. By the way, you don't mind calling me uh, when I call you Pig, do you? No. It's just, it. it's just short for pigskinage. Um, San Diego at Kansas City, not bad. Houston at Tennessee. We know you're a Tennessee college fan. I'm assuming you are not a fan of the professional team called the Titan. No, not really. Okay. Just the college team. Uh, Arizona. At Miami, they got a great chance of going four and zero. Arizona Cardinals for real, pigskin. Uh, their defense is maybe the next to Houston, San Francisco, the best in the NFL. They average, I think, thirteen points given up. Um, really unheralded, uh, excellent defensive team. They can they can win if you're holding your opponent to, to thirteen points a game. Mm-hmm. You, you're in every game. I mean, that's astonishingly low. I'm not really sold on the Cardinals yet because of their quarterbacking and uh, running back position. So I, they can stay in it. You've seen NFL teams who, who <laughs> to the local team who stay in games with great defense, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not sold on them long term. I think one thing we can all agree on is after last Sunday's debacle, the ending, et cetera, that you wouldn't want to be the team to play the Green Bay Packers this Sunday. I'm just guessing. Maybe be completely wrong. Maybe the Packers will be so ticked off that they'll lay an egg. But my overall guess is I wouldn't want to be that team. The New Orleans Saints, pigskin. Minus their head coach, minus their lead assistant coach, coming in at 0-3, get the honor of playing Green Bay at Green Bay. Well, I take the Packers. And another thing, John, is what? What? how could you assure the safety of the replacement refs in Green Bay? If that had happened, yeah, you know those people are going to be all tanked up, and even if it's a completely different crew, mm-hmm. I would really wonder. And I think the NFL might have thought about this too. What would have what that game could have could have happened in that game? Even if it was a completely different set of referees, I don't think it would make any difference. Yeah. They, they're replacements, and that's all people would see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I wonder if there wasn't a security concern for that. All right. I like to think the Packer fans, at least uh, en masse, are a lot more mature, a little bit higher level than that. Obviously, there's the exceptional few, but I don't think it would get to that level. It will be interesting to see some of the signs that might be partaken across Lambeau Field this weekend. Uh, if Well, it, two things. If the replacement refs are there, the signs could be very interesting. Most of them probably not suitable for TV. Then if the regular refs come back, it could be a little battle of creativity, Pigskin, to see what people come up with. But I'd imagine would, there'll be at least some temporary love for the regular refs. I will bet you, now you, you won't be able to see it unless you have like a, I don't know, that when the officials come on the field tonight, I don't know if they introduce, I know they, they say their names, they don't really do introductions. Uh, at Soldier Field, they always say who the refereeing crew is. I'll bet you they get a standing ovation. <laughs> You're probably right. And they don't make a bad call and everybody will blue. But yep. initially, <laughs> every NFL stadium, 
and maybe your producer got – I bet you they get a standing ovation. I really do. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you're right, uh, but I also think you're right that after a couple of bad calls, after a couple of weeks, everybody's going to forget the replacement refs, and they'll be hammering on these refs. Let us not forget it wasn't as bad. But prior to this, for uh, many, many a season, Pigskin, there were a lot of people that were upset with NFL officiating, and the game management part was their big complaint. So uh, I'm sure we'll return to normal in a, in a couple of weeks. Well, you know, a lot of that has to do, John, with, um, you know, now that you can replay virtually any play, I just wonder how much that factors into the officiating the last few years, knowing, you know, I'm not saying they don't want to do a good job. They do. But always having the backup of the, of the replay, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's affected the NFL in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they, you know, and the replay is great. They just need to find a way, even with the regular refs, just do it quicker. And like I said earlier in the week, if you're going to go to the replay, you can't take five minutes to figure you need to go to the replay. It should be a way of a little more sense of urgency and figuring out that you need to go to the replay and then go to it quickly. Well, what kills me, pigskin, is the five minute delay and then. You see the head referee, who sometimes is about 68 years old, 73 years old, takes him a while to get over to the replay camera, and then you got your 10-minute delay. So let's let's pick up that part of it if we could. Maybe Roger Goodell is listening as we speak. All right, before we let you go, Pig, uh, I'm sure you'll check in tomorrow via the email, via the phone call. But the Bears Cowboys predilection from a pigskin boy, our NFL outsider. Uh, close game, Bears. 58, Cowboys 3. <laughs> but closer than the score would indicate. I'll never forget that famous Sports Illustrated cover when Danny White from the 85 title team, <laughs> Danny White was getting hit so hard he almost took himself out. Mm-hmm. I think it was Singletary. Just absolutely annihilated Danny White at Cowboys Stadium. 44 nothing, worst loss in Cowboy history. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I'm hoping for. You're looking for a repeat of that, or I'm sure the Dallas fans won't be thrilled with that. All right, Pigskin, great to hear from you. Uh, and hopefully the replacement refs will be back tonight, and I think you're right. We're going to get a standing O. It'll be nice to see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Thanks for having me, John. You have a great show, and I always appreciate your time. Thanks for being had. Pigskin boy checking in. You can, too, 888 The phone number, again, 888 Four six three six seven four eight football baseball any topics on your mind we got open phone lines here for another six seven minutes with the coach flying solo the uh, the big dog just the cell phone I don't know where he was or if it was a different phone just not working today we apologize for that we tried to stay with him gave it a shot you know sometimes you know hey people will say uh, David Olson fifty percent of the big dog is better than ninety percent of many other sports tacos not sure what people say that. But that's been said. I think it was said by Big Dog's mom and his current girlfriend. So at least there's two people out there. <laughs> Again, you want to play co-pilot here. Final few minutes of the show, 888-463-6748. By the way, tomorrow, Roselle, Illinois, about a half an hour drive from our uh, palatial studios here, the Ryder Cup. Riders up, riders up. Medina Country Club will begin Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's a very confusing way they do it, but I think, David, I think I finally got it down. The first two days, you go foursomes. Two against two, day one, and there's a lot of strategy for the captain putting his teams together, which pairings. 
Day one, I believe they switch off shots. So alternating shots. Kind of interesting. Okay. Uh, so you are highly dependent on your partner, obviously. And in fact, there's a little strategy there because the shot that you take might depend on the strength of your partner, the way he chips, where he likes to shoot from. So they got to communicate a little, little strategy there. Very interesting. And then on Saturday, I think I got this right. Any golf fans, feel free to uh, correct me. 888-463-6748. Saturday, they go four teams again. And I think you have to stay with the same partner. Not sure about that. But now you go best score. So one guy shoots a six. The other guy hits a par four. And they're playing against another team where both guys shoot a five. Well, the guy that had the par four, the best score, takes the hole. Point for a hole, half a point for a tie, or point for a win, half a point for a tie at the end of the uh, at the end of the match. Twelve golfers, three foursomes, and then Sunday is the cool day, and I think this is on a blind draw. I don't think it's strategy, but on a blind draw. But Sunday you go mono versus mono singles. By the way, there is no Ryder Cup for women. Is that correct, David? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't believe there but is. I think there's something somewhat similar. With the uh, Asian Tour, South Korean Tour, I thought there was something. So, But there's not definitely not uh, exactly called the Ryder Cup. But anyhow, Sunday they go mono versus mono. Eight matches, eight points to be won. Very, very exciting. Fans get into it. They allow a little more crowd noise, actually a lot more crowd noise than they normally do. If you're not a golf fan and you're thinking about getting into it, the Ryder Cup is a different experience. Check it out. And again, here for us here in the Chicago area, it's kind of cool because uh, we are hosting this year. We lost the Olympics 2016, but we do have the Ryder Cup 2012. I'm not sure if they call that a consolation prize, but we will take what we can get. Thank you very much. College football on the weekend. We'll talk more about it tomorrow, but uh, here in the Big Ten, locally in the Midwest, actually some pretty good matchups, including Nebraska at Wisconsin. Battle of the Big Uglies. The ground games. little blood and guts football right there. Rex Burkholder in the Nebraska Cornhusker taking on Monte Ball and the Wisconsin Badgers. Nebraska playing pretty good. Wisconsin's been a disappointment. That'll be a good game. Ohio State at Michigan State. Big game. Urban Meyer's first big game as a Big Ten coach. That'll be interesting to watch even more locally. Penn State taking on Illinois. Now, David, this one has a little sidebar. Uh, First of all, you got the whole Penn State story, of course. Illinois has been brutal the last couple of weeks. But when they allowed the Penn State players... Just switch schools without having to sit out a year. There was basically open recruiting. Very few schools jumped in. I mean, you know, some schools made inquiries, but one of the schools that literally jumped in with both feet without provocation, without any remorse, was the University of Illinois. And we, we, we didn't run this story. We, we reported the story how they brought like eight coaches that took a field trip. Up to Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, and they camped outside of Penn State. They were interviewing the player, openly recruited. So now Penn State and their new coach, Bill O'Brien, the XD coordinator of the New England Patriots, come to Illinois and play to Illinois. Tim Beckman, the Illinois coach, saying, Oh, you know, we talked it over with the Penn State coaches, and, you know, we, we've got a relationship. We, you know, we smoothed things over and we communicated with them. The Penn State coach says, Yeah, I think I remember talking. I think. I remember talking to Coach Beckman at the Big Ten luncheon. Two different stories there. You can be sure the Penn State player. I hate to say it. I'm an Illini alum. 
Well, you know what? I don't hate to say it. I'm going to say it right now. I'm rooting for Penn State. And I, you know, Illinois is my, theoretically anyways, my second favorite team after my beloved Northwestern. I hope Penn State knocks their clock. That was brutal. Eight coaches going there openly recruiting players and without apparently any real communication with the head coach. That's just, uh, you know, that, that turned me off at Timmy Beckman right there. Anyhow, we'll talk some college football tomorrow. Definitely preview the NFL football. We'll play Beat the Schmoes football Friday, et cetera. <coughs> Want to uh, thank Pigskin Boy for uh, checking in. We uh, much appreciate that. And, of course, Big Dog, uh, it's all about the effort. It's all about the effort. The cell phone gave it a shot. We tried, but uh, in the end, we did not succeed. But it's all about the Let me be brave in the attempt is the Special Olympics. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Football Friday tomorrow. Big Dog and the Coach back at you at 10 o'clock. Don't be late. We'll see you then.